Unpopular opinion, but unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. You're listening to Unpopular Opinion, a podcast for professionals from all walks of life who want to hear success stories from innovators who've won by taking the path less traveled. In each episode, recovering journalist and content marketer Ashley Amber Saba interviews individuals who have prospered thanks to their genuinely unpopular opinions, despite warnings from naysayers, threats to their careers, and colossal obstacles. All rebels are welcome. Hello, and welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Ashley Slava, and this episode is brought to you by my friends at Audience Ops. Audience Ops is a done-for-you, content-led growth agency that offers case studies, blog posts, and full-service podcast production for professionals looking to launch a podcast like this one. Today, I'm joined by Ben Pines, Director of Content at AI21 Labs in WordTune. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, Ashley. Nice to be here. I'm very happy to have you on today, and we're going to be talking about a topic that um, I find very interesting. Um, your unpopular opinion is that generative AI is great for writers, and the future for writers is bright. Unlike oh, yeah. others who think that this is a kind of an end-all tool and that we're on doomsday, <laughs> can you elaborate on why writers shouldn't be up in arms against these tools? Yeah, I was just thinking about this today because my back uh, was hurt and I was using these uh, this uh, automatic mas- uh, massager, you know, to, to uh, and I was thinking it's kind of a similar uh, technology if you think about it because, uh, you know, masseuse, uh, masseurs are or, uh, still in operation and they're thriving and people go to... Uh, uh, to get their uh, massage from real humans, and I think it's uh, it's pretty similar because you have a tool that does that and does that for free, and you can plug it in whenever. Um, but it's interesting how technology changes. Um, so I think that writers should be uh, very optimistic because these tools actually give them superpowers. So if you know how to use them, uh, it can really save you time and up the quality of the uh, content that you produce. That's one huge advantage. And the second one is that these tools take a lot of the grunt work, a lot of the uh, work that writers don't really like uh, to begin with, so they can focus on other better uh, tasks and, and evolve their profession to the next level. Where do you think all this fear is coming from? Yeah. Um, good question. You know, I think that, uh, yeah, I think basically most fear comes from not knowing enough about the technology, just hearing about it because it's everywhere, chat GPT, generative AI, and writers are busy people like all professionals and they don't have uh, enough time to spend you know, and when a new technology comes in, it's easy to say like, uh, okay, I'm just going to continue to do, uh, to work in the same uh, method and not really try to learn this thing, but eventually it catches up to you. Uh, you can think of a similar um, breakthrough when the internet uh, started in the 90s and uh, early 2000s. So the right thing to do if you're thinking about your career is actually to do spend some time learning about this 
and and developing the right strategy to deal with this so you can build a better profession for yourself and just ignoring it even if you get to know it and then decide to ignore it you know it's it's better to learn about it and decide for yourself after you've been educated about it can you catch us up on your background and how that might tie in with your unpopular take yeah so i've been in this industry of seo and content marketing uh, in various roles since uh, 20 uh, 2006 actually amazing to to think about it and uh, during that time like in 2015 i started uh, at elementor building their content seo everything from from content and youtube and and uh, and, and blog and um And recently I started to do the same thing for Wordune. Uh, and so I have a, lo- a lot of experience and uh, for Wordune, we're actually catering for writers uh, and we're also employing writers for uh, our blog. So I've had some interesting conversation about how uh, this technology is really being accepted by, um, by writers uh, in general. Yeah. You mentioned that now is kind of the time to double down on long text and quit spending so much time on TikTok videos. Can you elaborate a little bit about that? Um, I'm, I'm not sure if, uh, like, um, yeah. Um, I mean, TikTok is, uh, is, is, let me just articulate what I'm trying to say. Um, it really depends where you're at. Okay, what's your uh, take? I think TikTok could be a, a great way for you to, to uh, gain reach and, and uh, popularity. But uh, nowadays, it's really important to dive deep into sort of uh, 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 abilities of doing research and creating quality content It's even more important than before because you have these AI machines that are able to produce uh, fairly good results. And if you want to be better than AI and be someone who someone wants to hire because of their expertise and knowledge, then you need to really, everything you're, you're putting out there needs to be well-researched and well-developed. And a lot of this development and, and expertise actually comes from writing. So writing is a great way to actually gain knowledge over a topic. If you write about you know, pet food for half a year, you're going to know more than most mm. people about pet food. And, and then not producing content, as you mentioned earlier um, when we talked, not for the sake of just producing content, but having an actual plan and strategy behind why you're doing it. Yeah. I think that if you're thinking about how to uh, adapt to the situation of generative AI, these amazing tools, I would say three things. So one we've mentioned is actually using the tools and getting to know them. Uh, the second thing we also kind of mentioned, which is building your expertise, uh, sort of being able to, because you're someone who's an expert, is able to uh, write about the topic and, and discuss the topic at a very high level. Um, And the other thing is really thinking about strategy and um, how you are able to 
um, think about content in, in uh, a more strategic level while incorporating these tools inside. I like it. You mentioned that you believe that SEO is a dying animal. Can you explain why you think that SEO might finally be on its way out? Okay, so this has to do with how, uh, like how the SEO industry has evolved. Okay, so people think of it as uh, like something that's always been here, but SEO is, is also new. Like before it started, I think 2000, uh, 2006 or a bit before when, when Google uh, was launched only uh, 2003, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. So the way content was built before, if you think about uh, people consumed a lot of content from, you know, uh, newspapers. Um, and so really the journalistic method was uh, usually what, what was uh, done. So people researching and trying to find out what the truth is and trying to actually produce and publish news, something newsworthy, something that is new. Um, and what happened with SEO that, I'm not talking about the entire SEO industry, but sort of the general way of doing SEO is you have a topic and then you kind of break it down to what's out there uh, and trying to kind of uh, repurpose or reiterate what was already said mm. and build uh, the content sort of like breaking down the topic into its elements and just, just writing it out. This is not going to take it anymore. It's not going to be enough. And people have been saying for years, this is not the way to write. People like Jay Akanzo and uh, you know content leaders have been talking about the fact that this is not a way to kind of create something that's of value, content of value. But now with, with these tools, uh, you don't need writers to write this type of content, which in, in the beginning, it's not helpful because it's just regurgitating old news. Um, so really now is the time to accept the fact that if you've committed to a, a, you know the writing life and um, the professional life of, of really content and, and uh, marketing, uh, then you need to um, think of other ways of, of writing, incorporate uh, methods of, of uh, uh, journalists, and also think about how to grow your audience and how to get a, a, a following that is not reliant on SEO. So this could be social or... Uh, email marketing or branding, like building your personal brand, um, starting a YouTube channel, et cetera, et cetera. So coming back to that a little bit, how do you plan for distribution when you think about content? Yes. So, um, you know, now is still, I think most content marketers are still using the same uh, methods and not a lot has changed. So you're thinking about uh, your target audience uh, where they are and how you're going to reach them and how you're going to uh, create this sort of engagement and even a mini community of, of, of followers. Um, so this is kind of uh, like this process is, is the same. You still uh, can go to uh, all the distribution channels, the, the normal ones like uh, uh, social media and, and 
and PR and even SEO, but you need to take into account that the, the shift of, of uh, forces, so to speak, are changing and the, 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 um, the channel that's going to suffer probably is SEO. I get the feeling that that might be a positive change though. Don't you agree? I think it's been happening for a few years now. The, the recent change, the, the most recent uh, upheaval was with TikTok. When you see Gen Z, instead of searching for uh, Google, they either search for YouTube or they go straight ahead and, and search for it uh, on, on TikTok or I've heard marketers searching for LinkedIn. So nowadays people search for information uh, in various ways, but what hasn't changed is that people rely a lot on word of mouth and people like to follow people. This is not going to change. Like people, I'm not sure if people will start also following bots, um, but for <laughs> sure people are going to continue to follow people and more specifically experts. So if you're building your personal brand, this could be going to conferences, giving lectures, doing a webinar. There's a million ways and, and all of them work in, in, in determined uh, of the audience, but uh, uh, yeah, th this is how I basically think of, of distribution and how to kind of make it nowadays. Can you think of a few tactical ways that content marketers can adapt their way of being to be more emulating a journalist approach? Great question. Yeah, so I think in general, the first step uh, is to think what you're writing because you're trying to leverage AI for your writing, okay? You're trying to make your writing faster, easier, uh, more fun. Um, so it's really, there, there hasn't been, we haven't established yet the, the right process of, um, you know, methodology of, of creating content for uh, using AI. Uh, this is, I'm sure people are already working on, you know, new courses for Coursera and, and Udemy on those topics. But for now, you need to think, what am I creating? Is it uh, social media uh, post or web copy, or is it long form blog? For me personally, uh, you know, as a director of content, I need to take care of um, creating blog posts and creating video scripts. So I've actually uh, thought about this new process and I've actually tried it out and was successful. Um, so the first thing you need to, uh, the, the first step I would say is to, when, when you're uh, building, let's say a, a blog post, for example, you need to have a main message, a main premise, you know, a main idea. So this is super crucial because, you know, you're going to an AI tool, you need to direct it, you need to be very clear. Otherwise, you're just going to go on a random uh, direction. So that's actually the first step. Uh, and uh, then after you kind of do that and create uh, the outline, you can use a tool like Wordtune to sort of elaborate, expand on each of your points. So think about it. You have skeleton of an article and then, uh, which is, you know, you, you've built it. This is what you want to do. You've, you've created this uh, outline. Then you can expand each of those points um, using uh, using working using AI, and um, you can um, 
you know, uh, let, let's say define the, all the definitions that you have uh, if, if uh, a point requires it or if you want to elaborate on a point. I've actually tried it and created an article. It took me a lot less time and I actually got it to rank uh, on Google. Wow. Uh, on, on the first page for a very competitive uh, uh, term. And the difference in the approach was that, that I wrote paragraph by paragraph. I didn't go to the AI uh, tool and just gave it uh, permission to write the whole article because I yeah. still want to direct it. If you do that, if you go and just give uh, you know, ChatGPT a prompt, create a full article for me, I actually tried it. I went to ChatGPT. I, I told it, like, write me an article about getting a guest post. And it wrote the most benign and uh, bland outline there is. There were points like, you should write, uh, you know, for SEO. You should write quality content. The most benign advice. So if you're a complete beginner, you haven't heard about this topic of guest posts guest posts in your life and you've never uh, you know learned anything about content marketing this might be helpful but anyone with some uh, experience is not going to uh, find this useful and I went back to an article that I liked um, a few years ago it was written on the same topic and I've tried to understand what is the difference uh, and really the difference is when you're listening to someone and you want to learn this topic, you want to hear the experiences, the stories, and this is lacking and it will always lack because AI is basically reflecting our own minds, our own collective minds, but it's not an engine of like a, a real knowledge and experience. Uh, so there is still, again, this is the main idea. There is still room if you're a writer to just use these tools to make your, your to streamline your process, but um, kind of keep the ownership and the, the steering wheel of the of of your text. I can kind of compare it to using a calculator in a lot of ways. Like when you're young, they don't want you to use a calculator at all because that's cheating. But then when the answers get a little bit more complex. If you do use a calculator, you still have to know the formula to put it in, to tune it, to make it go. I'm not good at math. I never was that good at math. But one of the things I've figured out is as math got more complex when I was growing up, me just having a calculator wasn't enough to get me there. You have to have a way to tune what you're doing and understand what's behind it to make it effective. And I kind of feel like it's a little bit like that. It's a great analogy. And it, there's so much... First, there's so much benefits of owning what you write, but there's something else. Like as humans, uh, there's a bias that, you know, the, 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 the uh, concept of biases, psychological biases have, has been researched. It, it's been developed by uh, Felsky and Kahneman, these researchers in the 70s. And one of the biases is the anchor bias. Okay, the anchor bias is when you're presented with information we as humans tend to accept this information just by seeing it. So if, I'm, if we're in a meeting and I'm trying to sell you something and I name that a price, this is the anchor bias. We're going to use this price as the truth, as reference. So why am I, what's the relevance here? 
when we're using AI just to give us the answer, just uh, without, uh, as humans, we're prone to accept it without any challenging, uh, without challenging it. So we need to be aware of these human fallacies, basically, and sort of protect ourselves. And the way to protect ourselves is really to develop the right workflows, like I mentioned, like have a clear direction, make your own points, or at least decide on your own points. Be very skeptical about every prompt that you get. Ask yourself, like actively ask yourself, is this true? Maybe, is this not true? Try to contradict it. And then you're much more likely to just write things that are useful and not just the truth, but not just true, but also useful. What's your opinion on the necessity that content should be created by subject matter experts to be of value? Yeah, you know, um, of course, this really depends um, on what you are talking about. So if you are writing content on large language models, you should know, uh, you should be an expert. Like, definitely, um, uh, you, you should... Uh, be an expert in some of the fields, you know, medical fields, etc. Having said that, two things that are, I think, important to take into account. One, remember journal that the way journalists have been working for uh, forever. Uh, journalists are able to take a concept and really research it and find their own truth and find insights just from the process of uh, exploration and curiosity. That's one thing. Second thing is there's a new uh, new term. I think it's called, yeah, it's called the uh, building in public, BIP. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the practice of sharing stories about how products and services are developed with the aim of inspiring people. So, um, so yeah, I, I think this is great and amazing. And the reason why it's important is because if you're a beginner writer, you shouldn't be kind of, uh, uh, it shouldn't deter you from creating content because uh, so many stars nowadays have been born overnight. You know, we're talking about uh, either in social media and TikTok. Um, so they are not subject matter experts. And I wouldn't take uh, everyone as an example because you have, a lot of people who are kind of, you feel like they shouldn't be so sure of what they're doing, but uh, some people generally share their their feelings, their kind of insights, their personal take, their experiences, and they produce content that has value uh, because you don't have to be um, that sort of expert to help people and to inspire people. Do you think that fine-tuning your interview skills might be a way that you can get your foot in the door into being a very good generalist without having to be an expert in any field? I think interviewing is, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I think like there are, in this content creation, maybe there are two main ways of, of building content. One is kind of when you're interviewing, you're in conversation, it's not easy. There's endless things you can learn about active listening and about uh, finding uh, questions and, 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 you know, charisma and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
However, there is an alternate route of kind of uh, writing alone, which is, uh, I think that possibly the, the best thing would be to uh, incorporate the two, because I, I really think that writing alone does have its own advantages. It makes sense. Like what? I'm just curious what kind of things you think are better to do on your own than involving other people in? Sometimes following through on a, a deep thought or a, a, mm. an insight or, and it could be even something professionally if you're writing about a new strategy or a new skill. Sometimes it helps to work alone. Uh, I think Stephen King wrote about this in his book that uh, you sometimes need to shut the door until you reach that draft before you show it to people. Because once you show it to people, it's its own thing. Like it has a an effect on you. Um, so I think, I don't know, a lot of, for, for me, I'm kind of, uh, I have these, I think both of these sides of, of uh, also an appreciation of this introvert side where you, you sit, you read, you kind of think of things yourself. Uh, but then, yeah, it's very important to also share it and get feedback. So that's why I think both is important. When you've come out publicly, because after all, this is unpopular opinion and shared your thoughts on AI and how we shouldn't be afraid of it. What kind of feedback have you got? Um, yeah, I think most, this comes down to what, we mentioned before i think there's a lot of confusion about uh, this technology and so what i've what i've uh, in my conversation with writers a lot of them haven't really gotten a lot of experience with it and if they did it was with chat gpt where you get a prompt and then you get you give it a prompt and then you get the whole answer mm-hmm. and they when they see this it's not something re- they relate to. Why? First of all, because it levels down their ability to write and everyone else's. Like a five-year-old can use the same prompt. So they don't have an edge. They're, they're really skilled, amazing skill that they may have developed for, you know, for, for years. Uh, kind of, it feels like it, uh, it no longer uh, is helpful. And what I've been trying to say is like, there's a different way to think of AI, not as a replacement, but as an assistant. So it really forced us, what happened is technology forced us to think again about what is writing? Is it just finding some tips, like finding top tips and, and sharing it? Or does it run, is there something deeper, something more human uh, that we need like that we need to develop. And at WordTune, we actively think about not just the technology and what it can do, but how can it join the the current process of writing and leverage it? So I've also had um, uh, some feedback from a friend who is using it actually for a web copy. And he's saying, I prefer to use WordTune uh, just because I, if if I would if I w- was a complete beginner, maybe it would have helped me to to um, just send the prompt and and uh, get it, uh, get the answer. But with uh, WordTune, I actually get alternatives, so I can tweak and and 
fine tune the messaging. So I'm the one who is choosing the answer. Uh, that's one thing. And uh, second thing, I can really get into a very uh, high resolution of the quality of the answer. That makes a lot of sense to me. I've heard a lot of mixed feedback on chat GDP, exactly like what you were talking about. Um, and I think that people look at it as a machine that could pump out a lot of content a lot quicker than they can, even if it might not be of the quality. And that is a little intimidating if you're, if you're not maybe in a company, especially that appreciates more human angled content, maybe they're just looking for that. But, um, I've had a lot of uh, discussions with people in content about, um, particularly about chat GDP lately on this. <laughs> it's been a lot of mixed feedback. If you could give a couple of quick tips for people on how they could take advantage of generative AI, um, what would you give them? Um, good question. Um, let me think about it. Yeah. So basically what I would suggest if you're a, an aspiring writer, I would really think about, um, again, having a, a specific expertise that you're working on. This is both of the kind of content you want to create and also the possibly the industry and start thinking about how I can build new workflows and uh, new ways of incorporating this technology uh, into the, the, the current uh, workflow and seeing what sort of products come out because it's going, I mean, I've, uh, there's been really a plethora of products coming out recently that uh, use this technology either to create, uh, you know, videos or images or, or text. So uh, now is the time to kind of aspire high and, um, and build your your career. There's never been a better time to uh, become a professional writer, I think. I like the positive outlook on that. Um, I would like to ask you, which I've been asking all my guests who have come on to debunk an unpopular opinion that in my case, that means something on your feed that you've noticed that people are maybe tagging as unpopular, but maybe isn't. Do you think of any oh, examples? Oh, I, I just today, I saw a really, a, a really interesting opinion, like popular opinion I saw on LinkedIn that I'm, I'm eager to debunk. Okay. Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> so, okay. So recently I was thinking about how to create a sort of a content distribution uh, method. Like, let's say you're a content creator you have a lot you need to take care of. So you need to um, churn out, you know, uh, videos and blog posts and, and uh, social media posts and reels, etc. So it's really hard to think how you can manage to do that entire thing. And so the, un the, the popular opinion I want to debunk, I just saw a LinkedIn post just sharing, okay, this is how you can create hundred videos, like two months worth of content in two hours, hundred videos, you take, you, 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 um, create, uh, I don't know, like, uh, dozens of tweets from it. What that 
that opinion means basically you're going to take one insight, one piece of content, one premise. You remember we talked about premise, mm-hmm. one premise and just multiply it thousands of times. You're going to just create junk. And with AI, it's the easiest way you can do that. But I really implore you not to do that because it's <laughs> going to be detrimental not only for your audience, but also for you because no one is going to recommend you uh, to anyone and no one is going to uh, you're not going to win the word of mouth and the worst thing is because your whole focus was on turning this one insight into thousands you're not going to have enough insights so the alternative I suggest is one think of a, a specific and limited number of things let's say for two weeks I'm going to produce one main video, like, I don't know, five minute, 10 minute video. And from that, I'm going to um, create some reels, like 30 minute reels. And what's amazing is when you're researching, we talked about the importance of researching. When you're researching and learning about uh, that topic that you're writing about, the making the big video of the week, you're going to land on a lot of other ideas. So just you need to find a way to catch those ideas that are going to come naturally because you're researching, you're reading, suddenly you say, oh, this could be a, a also a LinkedIn post. This could be a, a... So you're limited. You're not going to create, you know, hundreds of, uh, uh, you know, content pieces, but you are going to repurpose and create enough. Uh, and it's going to be like a, like a positive spiral, like a... Um, you know, like uh, uh, the the opposite of vicious cycle, like a, I don't know, generative uh, cycle, yeah, um, angelic cycle, uh, and it's going to help you become an expert, be a better, uh, uh, more knowledgeable knowledgeable expert, produce more content, get growth, get an audience, get the word of mouth, etc., 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 and this angelic cycle is going to be really what I recommend. And much better than junk getting perpetuated, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Just an <laughs> echo chamber of junk. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that either. Um, well, where can people go if they want to find out uh, more about you or what you're up to? Yes. Yeah, so they can file, follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Ben Pines, and they can also follow uh, Wordtune's uh, YouTube channel uh, and blog which talks a lot about kind of uh, reading, writing these new uh, strategies of using AI uh, to do that. Uh, So I highly recommend you uh, follow us. All right. Well, hey, Ben, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks. It was great to be here. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to Unpopular Opinion. This episode was produced by Audience Ops, a content-led growth agency. If you're looking for help launching a podcast, Audience Ops handles all the legwork so you can focus on providing the subject matter expertise. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow Ashley's show on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube.